Hi, this is Norman and Susan. We're back together today thinking about marriage. And today we're going to be looking at the idea that we need to accept each other. Or another way to put that using the letter B would be to turn a blind eye to the other person's failures, flaws, miserableness that we can't stand. Not that I would have any of that. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, I was thinking the easiest way to see this is maybe looking at a a couple before they get married and after, a few months after, because before you tend to focus on all the good points of a person that you're going with and yeah, maybe you see a little thing here or there that you go, yeah, it's not my preference, but oh well, more or less this person is who I'm looking for or I'm happy with, so that's fine. But then after you get married and, you know, the honeymoon little era goes away, then you start noticing or maybe more of the habits come out and you see the real person and you go, hmm. <laughs> I think that's because we feel free to be ourselves after a certain amount of time in the beginning. You got to hide all your flaws. That's you right. Don't want those to come out. So um, you don't see the real other person until you've been married long enough to feel like, oh, I can, this person might accept me if I act like I really am or if I do the this gross thing that I normally always try to hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Why, why is this so important for a good marriage? Because if you, well, I mean, there's probably lots of answers to that, but I would think if you don't accept the other person, then the relationship starts to fray and you don't feel that sense of trust and safety any longer. Or maybe you just get so annoyed that little, um, little things just make you... It could tear up the whole um, relationship. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it helps to point out what's the opposite of accepting somebody and turning a blind eye to those things. Instead of a blind eye, you, you put a, a microscope on those things right. and they become central in your thinking. So even something that realistically might be a minor thing, mm-hmm. um, if you focus on it and put it in a microscope, what does a microscope do? It makes it really, really big. Mm-hmm. And you put your eye in the microscope and you really... Uh, drill down into this one thing that annoys you and very carefully look at it. Boy, that can become big in your thinking. It can become big in your day when realistically, and you look at um, the week, the year, your whole life, okay, this is not a big thing. I could just not look at it. Um, but we, I don't know, we tend to have trouble with that. If, if something annoys us, we want to pick at it uh, like a scab, you know, you want to pull the scab Ew. off because it bothers Ew. me. <laughs> So, but that's what this is. The opposite of accepting it is uh, really picking at that one thing that annoys you. And uh, because it's not on you, it's on the other person that does drastic damage to your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking sometimes uh, maybe the other person doesn't know that what they're doing is annoying you. So it it pays to, or it's, uh, yeah it's a good idea to at least try to communicate what your preference might be. Like, hey, whenever you do this, that really bothers me, or I don't really like it when you say this way, or whatever. But the the part where the acceptance really kicks in is when you have already stated clearly your preference or your desire, and the person either 
doesn't change or forgets or just can't change. I mean, some things they just can't change, like if they're snoring, you know, maybe that bothers you. But I mean, unless they get nasal surgery or something, maybe they're just going to always snore. But so some things like that, you just have to accept. But other things, if they've just been doing that for their whole lives, you know, it's not something that's going to change overnight. Yeah, it is important to recognize that before acceptance, particularly with a lot of issues in the marriage, it's good to talk about them. So communication is a good first step. Is this something that they're just unaware of? Right. Or is this something that uh, is intentional? There's a reason why they're doing it, and I don't understand it. There could be some things that bother me, but they're doing it for a reason. And once I understand the reason, I go, oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's going to bother you less when you understand it. Often the things that we don't want to accept are things that we can't imagine doing ourselves because it doesn't make sense in our worldview or in our life. But we understand in the context of the other person's life, oh, okay, well, that totally makes sense. I can accept that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. Other things they just are not aware of. And you don't point it out. Uh, they'll never be aware of it. So the communication is a first step to say, what, what kind of issue is this? Is this something we together need to work on? Is it something you need to work on? Is it something I need to accept um, and identify what category it's in before you can make next steps toward really accepting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there any kind of Bible passage that helps you when you think about this? Oh, love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. So every issue is not sin. But if, if love can cover sins, surely it can cover annoyances. <laughs> so I think for me, that's the key. It's like if you really love the other person, you you chose them uh, for better or for worse. And if you really love them, then yeah, you're going to accept things that you might not prefer. Because a lot of it comes down to preferences or mm-hmm. small choices. Um and even beyond that, there are going to be things that that's just wrong, but still love is going to cover extremes. So a lot of what we're looking at with accepting is accepting the smaller things. So I think the fact that love covers uh, so much is is key. And I think that's the passage that I go back to. It's like, well, um, I choose love. And that's, it does go back to a choice. So many mm-hmm. things in our marriage go to a choice. I choose love over uh, picking at this scab. You know, I choose love over pointing out uh, mistakes. Um, for me, that's that's kind of the foundational thought. So what about you? Well, first, I have a preference that I don't like that illustration with the S-C-A-B. I really don't like that word. So let's find a different one. <laughs> um, but I think one, the verse that I really like is Romans fifteen seven that says, accept one another as Christ has accepted you. And when you really think about how has Jesus accepted me, it's like, wow, okay, I was dead in my sins. I was his enemy. I'm just evil and undeserving. And he chose to love me. So, I mean, when that's our standard, man, I should be able to love anybody. Um, also, the in Philippians 2, 3, it says to consider others better than yourselves mm-hmm. and to, you know, kind of think of them as more important. And right after that, it talks about the attitude of Jesus, how he humbled himself and mm-hmm. became a man and even went to the point of death for people who didn't really care about him. But uh, I think so, so much in today's culture is so entitlement, like I deserve this in my life, or I've heard this too, God wants me to be happy. And what do you say to that? 
God wants you to have joy and, and happiness, uh, I think, is uh, an emotion that comes and goes. So, yeah, I, I think there is a point in saying God does want you to be happy, but he wants you to be happy eternally. And sometimes in the short run, the way to help you eternally is to make you miserable right now so that you recognize a need to change. So um, there's a sense in which it's true, but there's also a sense in which God doesn't necessarily um, want you to be happy right now because you might become satisfied with something that needs to change. So mm -hmm. a little bit of misery can be a great motivator for making different choices. But I do like that verse, um, thinking about the idea of considering others better than yourselves. That really is something that uh, in any relationship, how you approach the relationship, the attitude that you have as you come in makes a big difference. If you come in thinking, what am I going to get out of this? you're going to be disappointed a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. If you come in with the goal of, I want to help this other person to be better. Uh, I want to help them be more like Christ. I want to help them to grow. I want to help them to be happy. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier to be satisfied in the relationship because you can know that you're uh, giving to the other person. Uh, you're not looking at, am I getting everything that I need? Or is this, is it even... You know, it's not keeping mm -hmm. score. Uh, they're receiving more than I am, or I'm giving more than they're giving, or um, keeping track of the little annoyances and grievances in life. You let those go for the sake of the relationship and really for the sake of the other person. So I, I do appreciate that aspect of relationships, and it's beyond just marriage and our other relationships we have. To consider the other person is really hard to consider them better than ourselves, above ourselves. Um, I know I struggle with that kind of humility on a daily basis, on a regular basis, that, uh, well, I want what I want. I'm, I have important things that I'm doing. How come you can't understand that? And that really is not a good lead-off to any relationship, whether it's the marriage or with kids or with your neighbors or with anybody in the church or out of the church. Mm -hmm. um, so our attitude and the way we approach the relationship is just so important. Uh, and it is not easy. Yeah. And maybe there's a distinction, too, between, you know, trying to help the other person be better, like you said, or my mission is to change this person. And there's a very big difference, I think, between those two. Yeah. Feeling the need to change the other person is not really accepting them. Yeah. Um, and it's not taking away from the fact that we want to help someone change and become like Christ. I mean, it's, it's one thing to encourage someone in the direction God's leading them. It's another to want them to change to make my life more comfortable. So the motivation right. behind wanting to change them makes a big difference, I think. Mm -hmm. Not that we should want to change them. We should desire the change that God desires and really leave the idea of change in His hands and accept who mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. I know one of my professors at Bible college she said that something that helped her in her marriage was when she noticed something in her husband that she just really wanted to have changed, she would just take that one thing and pray about it, like every day, just pray. God would change him. And she said it worked a lot of the times that the thing that was the most, I don't know, I'm not really sure what kind of change she was talking about, but I've used that too, and it seemed to have some good benefits. So I think that's not a bad way to go about it. Yeah. We're always praying for our spouses the way to go yeah. uh, and giving the things that annoy us to God or the things that we want to uh, want to see change or the things that we mm -hmm. struggle to accept. And whether that's God changes 
the spouse or God changes us. Either right. way, it's a it's a right. change that's helpful to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really good. Anything else? What about turning a blind eye acceptance that might be important for us to think about? Well, also the fact that, you know, you yourself have annoying habits that maybe you don't see as annoying or, you know, you don't have a problem with it. But, you know, you have to remember that you also bring those things to the relationship. And if you're not going to be willing to change every last thing to meet your spouse's preference, then you shouldn't be too hard on the other person. Yeah, there's a big problem with self-awareness in our relationships where we Mm-hmm. We always feel like the problem is the other person's fault, mm-hmm. and we don't want to acknowledge our part, even some of the things that we're struggling to accept. A part of it is us. Maybe it's the way we communicate at certain times uh, to recognize, it. well, maybe the way that I say that is part of the problem, and I need to accept my my role in that. Um, and even beyond that, what you said, that I need to go into the relationship desiring to change and become more like Christ in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't expect all of the relationship's burden for adjustment to be on my spouse. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just important that we do, as a couple, keep our eyes on Jesus, that we pray uh, for each other, and that we pray for ourselves to change first. You know, it's I'm going to be less bothered by everything if I am more humble and I'm really focusing on Christ and I'm going to be more willing to help you to grow and be the person God wants you to be if I'm accepting of the way you are and recognizing there are so many things about both of us that are not the way God wants them to be. So let's focus on those rather than something that really in the long run is not important. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many little things that we could just choose to be annoyed all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you could be annoyed at me every day for lots and lots of things. But the fact that you choose not to is one way of showing love. Um, and I think that's true for all of us in all of our relationships. You can always pick out things that bother you or that right. you would do differently, but to choose uh, love first. Yeah, that's hard. I think maybe for some personalities, maybe it would be harder, like people who obsess about small details like me. Um, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe some people pick out on more of those little details. Yeah, certainly there are different personalities who are going to be more detail-oriented, which um, for anybody that doesn't know, if you've never seen the DISC profile, D-I-S-C, um, it's a way of looking at personalities and the, the differences in personalities. And Susan would be a high C, which is conscientious, very um, careful with details, notice the details, pay attention to the details, want the details to be right. So it means she's a good editor when she reads uh, and she finds the mistakes in books she reads all the time. And uh, a lot of people are not that way. They read it and they don't even read every word. They're kind of skipping over and getting the gist of the sentence and the paragraph and the page and the book. So they really are not paying attention to the details. So your personality coming into the relationship is going to affect to some degree how you approach the other person. So it may n- mean that you need to be more careful in how you look at details it could mean that you're not very detail-oriented and you're driving your partner crazy. So um, either side of that, the the kind of personality that we have definitely plays into our relationship and it will play into this uh, idea of acceptance. If you're, say, a high D, which is a dominant personality, you can just want things to go your way 
So you're not accepting other person, not because they're wrong, but because they're hindering you accomplishing what you want. Or a high I is very um, outgoing and people related. Uh, so they may marry someone that's a little bit quieter. So they get annoyed because the other person doesn't want to go, go, go like they do. Uh, so these personality um, aspects of our relationship are important. I think it's worth taking those kind of personality profile test and considering how did God make me and how might this affect my relationship mm -hmm. and how can I, how did God make my, my spouse and how can I help my spouse to um, understand themselves and understand how God made them and understand how we can grow together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like too the fact that if you're both Christians, then the Holy Spirit is working in each of us and you know, we can definitely tr entrust the other one to his care and realize that he will accomplish the work that he's be begun. Yeah, God didn't give us the role of changing our spouse to become yeah. like Christ. He right. does that so yeah. we can trust that he will do the work that he started in them. But he may work through each other, too. I mean, it's that true. brings yeah. the sparks and the old nature out to the surface. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think uh, I read recently somewhere that... Um, I can't remember who it was that wrote that, that everyone should get married because it really, it brings to the surface selfishness and all those things where we're not humble and where we need to change. So by getting married and by having mm -hmm. children, you really point out the need to change and points out the sin in your life. So mm -hmm. that's probably true. Everyone should get married and it will help you to understand how imperfect that you are. Yes. So I definitely understand my imperfections and <laughs> am seeking to grow and hopefully... Uh, in your marriage, you're prayerfully considering how God would have you to grow and become more like Christ and how he would use you and your gifting to help your spouse to grow and become more like Christ as well. Until next time, pray for each other. Ta-ta!